This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by SearchWP. Find them at searchwp.com. I'm excited to bring SearchWP back because they have something new for all of us. Version 4.1 has arrived. Version 4.1 of SearchWP brings us great new features like improvements to comment data search, significant indexer improvements, like content and data that are indexed into the search are much more efficient now. Search results are even better, if you can believe it. And hold on, let me read you a line straight from searchwp.com's product update. And I quote, an update has been made to SearchWP's ability to work with regular expression pattern matches that improve the way SearchWP works with search strings. I don't know what it means. I just know my search results are going to get better. Make your WordPress search results better by using searchwp.com at searchwp.com now with version 4.1 improvements still at the same great price, searchwp.com. I'm excited to have a new podcast sponsor this week. Welcome MindSize to the Matt Report sponsorship family. You can find them at mindsize.com. They're a full-service digital agency with a focus on WordPress plus WooCommerce. But the fun doesn't stop there because they can help with strategy and other technologies like Shopify or even be your white label agency solution. Mind size, well, they do it all. And hey, if you're listening to this and you're a WordPress consultant in over your head, my God, I've been there, on a really large WooCommerce site, or you're some direct-to-consumer brand that managed to get through the holiday season on duct tape and a web host that said, go and ask your developer, well, now you can. You can ask Mind Size. They have a fully featured audit for WooCommerce sites to analyze your web hosting infrastructure, your WordPress code, and even run reports through New Relic and tools to make data-driven decisions. Stop the guesswork. Blow your e-commerce mind with MindSize Site Performance Audit. Get it today at MindSize.com. MindSize.com. Thanks for supporting the show. We're back with another fine episode of the Matt Report podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Don't forget to subscribe over at mattreport.com slash subscribe because there's a new podcast coming. I'll hint at it a little bit today, give you the loose backstory on how this all came together, but it's coming. mattreport.com slash subscribe so you can be the first to know. Other things we'll hit on today is my upcoming interview with Matt Mullenweg, uh, simplifying my WordPress branding, uh, predicting freelancer e-commerce, and some thoughts on the podcasting world if we get to it, if we have time. But first, let's kick it off with a quick story about my role at Castos uh, as director of podcaster success. Currently wearing a lot of hats in this role as a as a director, as a marketer, uh, account executive, and a content creator. And this is I should preface this by saying, look, this is not a venting session. Uh, I love my job, uh, and I knew what I was getting into. It's actually what really made me want to do this job uh, to begin with. Um, even though the description is fairly, you know, you're thinking it's just a customer success role, um, at least in my uh, current form, uh, it's a lot of things. So all of which led to uh, a customer certain level of success here at the company, right? That's, that's, that's what all of this is supposed to do. It's supposed to lead a customer to have a certain level of success. And with podcasting, there, I guess with maybe, maybe a lot of products, there's many different levels of success. It's hard to say, you know, which one, uh, which one outcome it makes it successful for a customer, um, because you have so many different types of podcasters. You have the hobbyist podcaster, so success for them is like 
they can figure this stuff out. They know how to do it, and they're good. They're they're backed up by a great support team. And then you have others that are trying to turn their brand or marketing uh, brand into a business, right? And they're trying to monetize a podcast. So people have different needs there. And then there's the enterprise level of podcasting where generally it's, um, you know, they are using podcasting to educate and inform their company, right? So various levels. But I'm going on six months in this role and I'm really begin to, to, to smooth out the edges uh, of everything, which is like an interesting process for me because largely my brain is like half an owner and, and half an employee. Like I know what it's like to run a company. I know what it's like to think about product. I know what it's like to think about customers. I know what it's like to think about scaling this and supporting it and selling it and marketing it. But at the same time, like I am an employee. I, I don't have control over everything, rightfully so. <laughs> um, and I have things I have to do, meaning, you know, there are goals that Craig, my boss, wants me to achieve, you know, and then there's introducing new things in the business. So it's this, it's this healthy mix that I'm lucky enough to have uh with Craig as a boss. So it's just, it's this interesting role and it's a, it's a benefit and a curse, I guess, at the same time. And, and I'm, I'm largely bringing this up today for a couple of reasons because I want to think about marketing in a different way, but maybe those of you have, who have taken on new roles, uh, running the business, running your own business, doing your own thing was a little bit uh, too overwhelming for the current situation in your life, uh, which it was for me. And, um, you know, you have your day job and you have your side hustles. And I think that's awesome. And I think a lot of us are going to be that way in the future. But anyway, this could be a whole new way of thinking about um, all kinds of things with this role as a podcast, director of podcaster success. And it's thinking about how we do all kinds of things, the way we do podcasting, the way we do marketing, it's all of this stuff. But what I have sort of figured out over the last six-ish months or almost six months, and I've really been trying to put a label on it, um, like all great marketers do, right? (laughs) We're trying to like figure out a process and put a label on this stuff. I guess if you looked at a, a, a pie chart, you probably see that most of my day job can hover into the marketing um, bucket, all right? The, the bigger piece of the pie chart might be marketing, and then there's support, then there's sales, and then there's ops. But I like to think of this as uh, founder-focused marketing or ownership marketing, in other words, how can I produce content or materials and systems like an owner would, you know, or like my boss Craig would? And what even is that? Uh, to me, it's this balance of knowing which content makes the biggest impact for sales, searchability, so that's marketing, brand awareness, also marketing, but largely what a founder would be doing. You know, you get to a certain level or a certain size of employees, and many of you founders are out there already do this, but you start to delegate, you start to relieve yourself of uh, the tasks that you're not optimized for. And well, what do you do at this point? Well, you, you build brand awareness. It's not just the marketing team's job, because depending on what size you're at, you know, your marketing person might be a part-time outsourced content creator, <laughs> right? Maybe you don't have a director of marketing. 
So you're the person in charge of, of leading that brand awareness. At least, I mean, this is the way that I see it. And I, and I obviously invite you to give me your thoughts on all of this stuff. Um, I hate saying be the face of the organization. You know, we used to jokingly say that at Pagely about me because I literally had my face on ads. <laughs> uh, but to me, that detracts from the entire team's effort. But at the same time, it's about being someone that can show up, like literally show up and be a face on a podcast or a live stream and represent all areas of the business. Uh, just you're not the person who owns and runs the company. And I think I've seen, if I could pull like an example, uh, somebody who might be doing this, this is just like another thing about this is thinking about another thing here is like, uh, we always point to examples of people who are doing things at big companies because it sort of justifies this, um, which is laughable because I think that there's a lot of people doing amazing things at smaller companies. I just don't get the recognition because m many of us are just forced to look at big numbers, uh, big titles, you know, big investment, that kind of thing. But David Gerhardt um, of Privy, it's a Boston based company just an hour north of me. And he's a CMO, so I mean, he's C-suite, but he sort of acts and represents the product and the culture of the company, but he didn't start the company. Um, I mean, maybe he's like a founding employee, like sub 10. I don't, I don't know the size of the company, but it's somebody that can represent that culture, that awareness of a company but also make an impact on driving traffic and landing sales and hopefully overall making sure that the customers are satisfied using this stuff. And the reason why I bring this up now is because it's number one, it's like I've been there almost six months. It's largely on my brain. I've seen a lot of folks transition into other jobs like myself. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of feeling like, oh man, this... I left my day job because of constraints of the market, uh, COVID, uh, you just couldn't make it work. And there's this feeling of like, man, I'm a failure, but that's not, that's not it at all, right? It's this graduation in education, learning something new, being in a new challenging role and having support around you because there's a, there's a whole other, you know, just a whole other company there. You're not doing it by yourself and there's other people to support you. So that, I mean, that's why I'm bringing it up first and foremost, like going into 2021, if you're sort of just like mulling around in this feeling down on yourself on these things, these are not down. This is, this is a chance to, to learn something new and make your next thing even better. So anyway, I see a lot of solo founders and small product teams also really trying to figure this stuff out. And look, we're still trying to figure it out at Castos, but we have the resources to do it, uh, thankfully. And the knee-jerk reaction is that you outsource like a ghost blogger, someone that manages your social media, uh, and perhaps like a virtual assistant that gets you on a few podcasts here, you know, here and there. Um, and I'd say that you start hiring somebody that is a great podcaster. Like think about somebody who's a great podcaster or a great YouTube YouTuber uh, or a storyteller. Now, this isn't rocket science. I think there's trains of thought that people say to do this anyway. But, you know, bonus points if they can sell your product. Or, and also, by the way, do they love your product first and foremost? Right? Because I love podcasting and I love what Castos can do for podcast creators. Uh, maybe I'm just lucky, but I love what like we're building. Of course, I love podcasting, so it's a natural fit. I love what Castos is building. 
It ties in well with WordPress, obviously with Seriously Simple Podcasting plugin. But founder marketing, I think, has something in it, like a gem that we can latch onto, turn into a thing uh, that opens up a new type of of role at, at small product companies, right? And maybe you as a founder, you're not ready to relieve yourself of that role, and maybe there's not enough resources for you to do that yet. Um, and I'm not even saying that Craig is like passing me the torch in any way. <laughs> it's just like the way that I approach creating content and making customers success is, at the end of the day is hopefully I'm aligning expectation. So a big part of my effort right now is creating YouTube content. Um, you know, we're closing in on 500 subscribers. When I joined, there was like 100 something subscribers. And I, based on like what I know in the, in the YouTube world, I should be able to reach 1,000 subscribers fairly easily. And then there is a pretty sizable domino effect that I feel that once you hit over 1,000, things start to grow even faster. But hopefully the idea is that the content that I'm putting out is aligning expectations um, for the customers, right? They're finding us through YouTube content because of search, how-to tutorials, how to do things in podcasting. When I pitch Castos, they kind of understand, okay, like I know I'm gonna get what, what I'm gonna get, but when I sign up here, and because I'm educating them on what it's like to be a podcaster, hopefully their expectations are trained on on that stuff too. And there's no you know pushback on the product or the uh, support team because you know I'm kind of putting everything out there in the beginning, right? In the content that I'm producing, there's no surprise. Like this is not how it works because this is how I'm teaching people how it works. There's no way to hide this stuff. You know, there's no fluff. And you're building trust because they're visually seeing you. They're interacting with you in comments. And YouTube does that really well and the podcast does that really well. It's a slow road, but, um, you know, I'd love to know how you think of your approach about marketing these days. If you're in this situation, uh, I'd really love to know if that all makes sense and if you're approaching it that way. This is a thing in motion for me. I've never been a director of podcaster success uh i don't know many people who have this role <laughs> side of from me but um i think it transcends into many different areas many different types of business businesses especially software uh being a SaaS based business right so uh some other updates like I mentioned, I hinted at a new podcast coming that'll make three official podcasts that I run. Well, let's say three official podcasts that I run, The Matt Report, South Coast.fm, which is for my local market, and this new one, which will be coming soon, is very much in the WordPress space. It is all in on the WordPress space. And I think it'll be an interesting practice in, in branding and positioning as I move this podcast Again, not away from WordPress, but just not the core focus of WordPress. But you know I can't give up the WordPress stuff uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Which, the devil is in the details because in my uh, the last episode that went out, or two episodes ago, I think I put out the, uh, I, I, call, I spell it WordPress now, all lowercase, and had 
um, general, generally positive responses from that YouTube video. And um, we're cooking up the interview with Matt for next week at the time of this recording. So if you hear this and you want me to ask some questions, make sure you leave those questions in the comments of this podcast or on the YouTube channel. But uh, it's going to give me a chance to sort of break away from talking direct WordPress stuff here and focusing a lot more WordPress stuff there. It's going to have a little interesting twist to it. I think you're going to like it. Again, I'm not afraid to launch these things, put them out in public and see what happens. Um, but I'm excited to get it out. Uh, Mid-February. <laughs> Mid-February. I promise that will be that'll be coming. Um, back to the, the video on, I spell it WordPress now, uh, mostly positive. I saw some negative, uh, a lot, of, you know, I saw some podcast episodes or watch some live streams of other folks saying that, boy, Matt really seemed kind of bitter. Um, and yeah, I am. But at the same time, like I preface in that video, I was really going to, I, like that was a totally off the cuff here are all the thoughts in my head, and let me dump that out, which maybe not go, maybe doesn't go well all the time. Uh, but I am, <clears throat> you know, I am frustrated. A lot of people look at it and say, "Well, we've got all this great stuff. Who cares? Who cares about that WordPress uh, convoluted WordPress brand? Who cares if they sort of dip their toes in a five thousand dollar website? It's setting the bar for higher cost websites. It's awesome. I'll tell people to go to WordPress.com for five thousand bucks." Um, it's not that. It's not about the structure of it. It's not about the presentation of it. It's uh, It goes deeper than that, but I, I'm not going to reiterate all of that stuff here. Um, yeah, the, the, internet's a, it, the internet's a funny place. And um, I don't, yeah, everyone has their opinions and it's awesome. I don't, I don't think, I don't even think if somebody says, boy, you, you're just mad at that, it's fine. If that's, if that's how you took it, that's okay. That's, that was not the, the goal of it and I just learned from that experience and I move on but it's largely got uh, a lot of likes on that stuff so uh, it's going to be interesting to talk to Matt and talk about it uh, again a lot of people think that it's this like this battle no nah, man like the whole business thing I'm good with that like <laughs> I'm so far past that like people are like oh they're they're, they're getting into the freelancing game they're going to take our stuff oh who cares they're not going to take it no it's not even about that it's not even about that it's the slow slow grind of chipping everything away from us until you don't even realize that the whole funnel is pointing at them, right? It's never one thing. It's the collection of many. And I didn't even put this in my notes for this, for this episode today, but I also saw uh, in Jetpack the other day, I, insta I had Jetpack on a uh, website that I was working on hit update, whatever, went to go add a plugin from the repo and Jetpack said, whoa, 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 you know that you can get hacked and that plugins are vulnerable coming from the WordPress repo? Let me uh, or sign up for our protection service. Well, it's like, wait a minute. Didn't you come from the repo? Didn't I get you Jetpack from WordPress.org? You're just trying to sell protection services on the fear factor. And this is what I mean. It's this constant, very subtle, but I'll tell you right now, it'll hit like a ton of bricks one day. 
you won't even see it coming, even though I've been warning you for years, that suddenly you will install a fresh copy of WordPress.org, and it's either going to come from a fresh copy of WordPress.org, or it's going to come from Jetpack, which is always on the recommended page because it's from Automatic and has a high install count, and they have deals with other hosting companies to install it. That when you have that active, it'll happen once full site editing is much more mature, all roads will point to .com or Jetpack services. Again, the experience of WordPress. I've talked about it a million times. I'm not going to repeat it here. I'm looking forward to the interview with Matt. Hopefully. Um, with this new podcast that I have coming up, I, I, I'm a constant tug of war with how I want my websites to look, what theme I want to use. I don't want to, at one point in my life, I was like, hey, I like running, you know, Beaver Builder on Matterport. I love running Generate Press on this other side. And I like trying out, you know, the Theme Isles theme over here. And I'm going to really make a, a concerted effort to get all of my sites, them all to get branding, which they already do. Matterport has a, new, or has a logo that I launched a couple of years ago. South Coast FM and the We Are Here podcast uh, we Are Here podcast always had a logo. Now SouthCoast.fm has a logo. I've revised that site a little bit to clean it all up. And what I'm going to try to do is get all of my sites, the three properties, the three major podcasting sites, to all come under one sort of look and feel. Uh, no more page builders. No beaver builder, unfortunately, I don't think. Just trying to keep it as light weight as possible, you know, using Gutenberg, just from the sense of like, you know, I don't want to deal with all these things anymore, which the irony is not lost on me. I was saying for a while that this is where automatic will win is you'll get to a point where you're just like, oh God, I got to install this plugin over here. I got to do that over there. And then you're just like, ah, the heck with it. I'll just, I'll just run this Gutenberg thing. I'll just install Jetpack. It's got everything in it. And before you know it, that's where they win, which is a fair statement. It's ease of use, which is the hardest thing for WordPress. Anyway, so to bring all these brands under the same look and feel. And um, yeah, I don't know. That, that That's about all I have in that, that area. It's just that I really want to have a stronger effort streamlining things, streamlining the brand, and streamlining my accomplishments because... I'm getting to the point now where, you know, I'll have three podcasts that I publish every week personally. Then there'll be the audience podcast that I do for Castos, which we share, Craig and I share. And I push a lot of videos out on YouTube for Castos. So that's three, at least three videos a week on YouTube for Castos. Like I want to push my brand. Like when you think of me, don't think of me as the, as the WordPress person anymore. <laughs> right? Like Matt is a content creator and I need to do something with this, with this energy. <clears throat> you know, I need to start to shift the focus of Matt is not just WordPress anymore. It's either content uh, or digital. Like, I don't know what it is yet, but it's, it's the slow effort that, you know, you've all been listening to probably for quite some time. And, and you know, if you're doing this, I'd love to hear what you do to solve these things. How do you rebrand yourself? Did you rebrand yourself in 2021? 
what works, what doesn't. Uh, my good friend, good friend of the show, Jason Resnick, uh, is a guy that I really respect and he's been doing this all over uh, for, for many years now. I just don't like his football team, um, which uh, the Buccaneers will be playing in the uh, Super Bowl. Tom Brady going for his seventh Super Bowl win and 10th uh, Super Bowl appearance. So I'll be working all of that and also kind of retiring other websites. This is what gets me to predicting freelancer e-commerce. I think a lot of us, like I've been looking, you know, I've been looking at the no-code space. Gumroad has made this tremendous rebound. Uh, I think maybe largely because they had a, a ton of investments uh, over the last year, but I've been looking in that in that world, in the info product world. I see a lot of people pushing to Gumroad and like doing all these other things and selling things. And I feel like, now take this with a grain of salt, but I think that we might see, like everyone should have a WooCommerce site because everyone has a little something that they can sell. And I recently moved uh, store.matreport.com over to uh, Nexus powered by Liquid Web. I think that's how they say it. Uh, very smooth, very quick, painless processors. One little thing, their support helped me out uh, really readily. I think it's like 19 bucks I, I paid for the year or whatever to host it there. And um, I'm going to start centralizing all of the payment stuff that I do in content to that website. So if you're going to buy a Matt Report ad, you're going to buy it at the store. If you're going to buy a Matt Report t-shirt, you're going to buy it at the store. If you're going to buy an ad for southcoast.fm and my new podcast, you're going to buy it there. I'm going to transfer over user feedback videos, which has a dedicated website, which I don't do anything with, and is mostly word of mouth at this point anyway, but if you want to buy sort of uh, that process from me, the user feedback videos, where I review your product, I review your site, I do a video, I walk through it, I tell you what I like, what I don't like, and maybe how you can improve. It's a consultation uh, session to a degree. We'll just move that to the e-commerce site. And what what other things we can sell digitally as as creatives as side hustlers i think there's a thing there so that's what i'll be doing i'll be slowly making that transition um because i think a lot of us just have stuff that 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 we can sell and why not quickly put up a site that somebody can go buy something from you just makes life a whole heck of a lot easier right um, if you're trying to like launch a business and you're trying to figure out why you can't, well, how about a done-for-you service? How about a consultant session? Um, there's something that you're really good at, a real good skill that somebody would pay you for. You know, if you're like a newsletter person, well, I mean, if is there a, a can I just buy something from you where you quickly look at how I would set things up, like give me some feedback on how I would position a, a newsletter, maybe give me 12 topics, which gives me a, a, a topic for every single month. Like what is it that you can that you can do? So I think everyone's gonna have that sort of thing in the, in, in the future. You don't have to go out and build an entire site for it, but you can have a collection of these digital products and services that you sell. I could be crazy. Uh, it's the way that I'm gonna, I'm gonna handle it and we'll report back to you to see if it works. <laughs> um, I was going to get into some of the thoughts on the podcasting world. I'm not going to drill too much deeper on that. We'll save that maybe for another another video or uh, podcast episode. Uh, I don't know how many of you are really into podcasting, but I had just a lot of thoughts on that, like looking at what people are doing. Podcasting is just exploding. You have all these celebrities and big brands getting into podcasting. 
you know, and I'm looking at like these big deals that happen and maybe not even not so big deals, but you know, uh, one of my favorite shows recently is the talking Sopranos and you know, I mean, it's uh, the Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli, uh, Christopher from Sopranos. I'm just thinking about like, you know, there's there's like a little productions team on the side there. There's probably they're probably spending a hundred grand a year uh, on that show, but they're doing it probably because they 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 love it. But I've seen other comedians come out to, to partner up with other comedians, and it's just like how much money is spent from big brands to just advertise something when they could take that same money, point it to a podcaster who actually loves podcasting and, and it already does a grassroots movement of podcasting. They take this money. We'll sponsor your show for far less money. And it won't just be like this 12, ser- uh, 12 episode series that just runs and they just look at it and they go, well, we only push one, 100 pairs of Nikes that didn't work out for us, but we spent $250,000. All right, let's go back to the drawing board, find something else. And it's just like 250 grand blown. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, people were employed. Somebody got a $10,000 sponsorship check or whatever, but I just think, like, thinking of it, the industry that way. And and look, even, hey, look, even, here's a question I'll bring up to Matt Mullenweg. That is a perfect thing. You have this obscurity with automatic. What is .com? What is Jetpack? Are they with us? Are they against us? All these fun things. I see zero marketing coming out of .com advertising, probably because they don't have to. It's a nice position to be in. But there's like 20 WordPress podcasts. Why don't you sponsor them? If you want to really like iron out the brand and, and smooth things over with the community, go after all these other Wix and Squarespace creators that get all of these ads. Support them, and that's a perfect way to do marketing. Anyway, said I wasn't going to get into it, and I got into it. That's MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. I'm looking for fresh people to interview on the show. If that's you, let me know. Uh, It's going to be pretty unique. I'm looking to get into the no-code space a lot more, the marketing space a lot more. Uh, You have to come to me with something really unique in the WordPress space uh, for me to say yes. Hit me up. Go to MattReport.com slash contact. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode.